It's the VNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. It is October now. Yeah, it is. Uh, did you have a good weekend? Yeah. Uh, our band played at Trolley 5 on Saturday night, uh, which was always super fun just to get out and, and play. And yeah, we had a blast. And... Did a lot, you know, I was in town this weekend and did a lot of just housekeeping stuff that I mm-hmm. haven't had time to do, which is, always feels so good. Like, yeah. Yeah. You kind of recollect yourself. Totally. Yeah. So did that. What about you? Uh, yeah, just, it's, been, it's been so beautiful here. So we just enjoyed the outdoor, the, the weather, went oh, for yeah. a hike, saw some friends, spent lots of time with the boys, got a little work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. And then this morning on the show, we made the coolest announcement. Yes, we did. On Wednesday morning, so depending on when you're listening to this, it may have already passed, but uh, our Kells are playing a private acoustic set for us atop the Calgary Tower. This is one of those moments where, like, working in radio is so damn amazing. <laughs> Because there's no way that I'd be able to experience this any time outside of this. And all of a sudden we get this email and it's like, yeah, girls are playing acoustic show. You guys need to be there. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you say need? <laughs> like, want? That is amazing. And so. what a cool venue. I mean, we did something similar with them a few years ago where they played uh, a Calgary Transit train car. Yep. That was all decked out with like our advertisements. And that was so much fun because we were on the train with the band and they were singing and we were, you know traveling with yep. going all the way through to downtown it was it was awesome it was we've so done a much few fun. of these pop-up shows like the days that bands are in town and they'll do a few like songs with us acoustically yeah. prior and it's just always so cool because it's just a way that you won't see the band unless you you know get in on those tiny yep and tiny little experiences lucky so. enough to get in yeah how memorable but even i also think like the arkells are so smart because from the band's perspective the, the the media that comes out of it is so cool. Like yep. these photos of them in a packed train car singing to everybody. Like how how cool? What other band has that? You totally. know, like this. Yep. I don't know where in the Calgary Tower the show is going to be. I'm guessing maybe near the glass floor. I'm sure. Yeah. And the views are unbelievable. So that yep. there's there's going to be the band with all these fans packed in there and this incredible view of the city and the mountains and everything. So like that's it's so smart on their part too that they do this for us. It's genius. Yeah. Look at the cool, the cool images that come out of it. And Although the memories. I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, why are they in town? Like, there's obviously some sort of private event they've been hired for, and they're coming in for that. Which I was like, what event is that? And how do I also get invited to that? Okay. <laughs> because they're back here at the end of October for a show at the Saddle Dome. Yeah, like they don't have a gig today or on Wednesday. So the fact that they're just coming through town for just that, there's something it's else secret. too. Yeah, it's secret. I'm gonna do some sleuthing. See what you can find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, on today's show, we've got an etymology. We've got a story from Vancouver that may rattle your cage a little. Another TV trope. going to talk about big blockbuster movies. Uh, I made a mistake on the weekend and my kids were not happy with me. A type of snobs. There are big protests going on around the world, uh, but focused on Iran right now. We'll talk about that. The cheating scandal that has rocked the professional fishing world. <laughs> Top... Most overused photo captions by white girls. We'll get into that, but first, you're out of context. Clip of the show. Huh? 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 What do you call that? Huh? 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 Yeah, looks red to me. V and S in 20 minutes or less. I'd like to give a shout out to everybody who's been sending me photos of red leaves in Calgary. Ever since I said that fall in Ontario is nicer because there are a lot more colors of leaves and then I accused Calgary of only having yellow leaves when the leaves turn. Now every 
Yeah, I said, I like the fall colors, and you're like, you mean color? (laughs) You're like, it's only yellow. It's mostly yellow here. Yep. Uh, I stand by that statement. However, I must clarify, you're right. There are some red leaves around, but it's hilarious. Honestly, I've been getting nonstop pictures from friends of the show being like, hey, look at this. This is red. Okay. (laughs) This is not just yellow. This is a red leaf as well. It's so funny how many people have just been like (gasps) out enjoying the weather and they see a red leaf and they're like, I'll friggin' show her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll Even, show you. I took my boys to the park on the weekend to throw the football around, and there's some trees with some beautiful red leaves there that was clearly planted by the city or whatever. And, yep. and my son, Bo, brought it up. Yep. And he was like, I thought Shauna said there are no red leaves here. So we took a little video and sent this to you. Hey, Shauna, you see those only yellow leaves? What's yeah. that right there? Huh? 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 Sending you videos. I love it. God bless Calgarians. Like, very defensive of our dying leaf colors as well. But you're right. No, red. There are some red leaves mixed in there. So that's good. And you're getting we to see every one in the, every last Woo! one in the city. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. On the weekend, I posted a video on TikTok of my top five most overused photo captions by white girls. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, it seemed to have resonated with people. It must have been fairly accurate. Many of the comments were from women saying they felt personally attacked. Well, that's <laughs> so, how you know you were yep, accurate with it. Got pretty close. For sure. Uh, so I thought I could share these with you, Shauna. And if you have any to add, okay. just jump in and we'll, we'll do them all here. The top, however many, most overused photo captions by white girls. Okay. So I had at the top of my list, my heart is full. My heart is full. You spend some time with family oh, or friends or... That is just phenomenal. Have a big meal, take a big dump. Mm-hmm. My heart is full. Yeah, that's a, that's a real one. Uh, what about just blessed? Ble- hashtag blessed. Hast- hashtag hashtag blessed. blessed. Yeah. I had take me back vacation photo. Oh, yeah. Take me back. Mm-hmm. No, you got to save up some money take yourself back. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, what about just anything vibes? Ooh. Yeah. Any, like Sunday right vibes. Now, fall vibes. Right? Vibes. Yeah. All the, the vibes. Vibes in so many ways. Everybody's vibing. On a photo of her and a friend she hasn't seen in a while reunited and it feels so good oh yeah 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 what about just like blank i'm in you oh that's just one that i, yeah. I mean like i don't city? know yeah like calgary i'm in you that was a big one for a while and every time it just like made my eye twitch a little <laughs> bit I was just like, no mm, i no. think i the first time i read it i blew a little bit of air out of my nose like yeah. that's clever and now it's just, oh and then, my then God, it was no years more. later yep mm-hmm. this one kind of upsets me not all those who wander are lost because it's a Tolkien quote. Yep. But it's misappropriated. It's, uh, it's about the wanderlust. Yeah, I actually have a notebook that said that on that I was gifted. So there All you right. go. He was writing about Aragorn. Uh-huh. Well, nah, and me, obviously. <laughs> Personally, about me. Uh, just this one, my happy place. Yeah. Just anywhere, you know, yeah, this is my happy place. It's just a nice, like, relaxing whatever, yeah. The beach, side yep. of the pool, the gym. Or at a hike somewhere, just my happy place. Cozy little corner of the living room. Everywhere is my happy place. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the worst one is anything about marrying my best friend. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to marry my best friend. It's yeah. been five years since I married my best friend. Totally. That is just... 
I mean, <laughs> I think you're you're a unique person, right? And your relationship is its own thing. You'd think that you'd be able to come and up then, with something outside of the same like, thing every time. Yeah. I'm going to go with what everybody else has used since the dawn of time. But maybe you're just trying friend. to be safe at that point. You know, just just trying to play yeah. it safe with that. That's all. That's all. Yeah. I'd. I'd. Yeah. Those are our. Top most overused photo captions by white girls. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Have you seen the big old scandal in the fishing world, Beckler? I have the pro-fishing cheating scandal. Oh, man. <laughs> Spicy. It is. So for those who didn't, I'm sure most of you have seen this by now, but the first place team in this big Lake Erie fishing tournament was waiting the fish as in the winning team was putting weights in the fish's mouth to weigh the fish down so that when the fish were weighed, they weighed more. And then someone at the tournament cut open one of the fish. Yeah. And they pulled these lead weights out. And, and other every- fish fillets. Yeah, that's right. There was, because I think, what type of fish was it that they were catching? But it, there was like, fillets from a different species of fish yes. inside the the winning fish. And My God! The the anglers who were all there when this happened—it was insane. I thought they were going to kill the two yes. people. I thought they were going to like physically tear them apart. I think everybody <laughs> thought like if you see the clip and, and we would play it, but there's just there's a bunch of swearing and I mean that's how angry they were. It was oh, man, absolutely insane. Like the other fishermen want their heads, and a bunch of them were screaming like they need to go to jail right now. Yeah. And it was, the one and then the one guy who actually cut the fish open. I don't know if he was like overseeing the tournament, yeah. but he's an off duty. He was an off duty police officer, and he said to the one. He like when he when he found the lead weight, he said to the one fisherman, he's like, "You're out of here!" Yeah. And they're just like, it's almost cartoonish. It is, like, it is, and they're <laughs> furious. And the fishing world as a whole is absolutely furious. And people in all the comments and everything I've been reading and everything, like people are like, these people need to go to jail. One person said they need to be locked up for life for this. <laughs> For cheating and fishing. For cheating and fishing. Thing is, apparently they've won like hundreds of thousands of dollars in tournaments, and they won a like a new boat last year, and they have yeah. all these sponsorships and stuff. And it is like it it's fraud. Yeah, what they've done is fraud. And there's a lot so, of money in fishing. I don't know if you realize this, yeah. but these fishing tournaments, like it's big money. I don't know if you've seen any of them operate, but the ones that used to happen on my parents' lake are pretty funny because the fishing boats are the fastest boats in the lake by a mile. Really? And it's so that they can get from fishing spot to fishing spot quickly oh. enough to keep fishing. Okay. So it's intense, okay? It's intense. Now oh, you're saying fishing. Fishing, you got it. There's you no G. There's no G. It's fishing. Fishing. Okay? Going down to the fishing, fishing <laughs> hole, okay? That's how you have to say it. Anyway, but like locked up for life seems a little extreme. Yeah, but I mean, they likely will face charges if they... <sighs> Because it's fraud. It's fraud. You know, we 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 talked about the pro fishing tour just recently because we learned that Dustin Bufflin used to play in the NHL yep. is now a pro angler. Yeah, and we were looking through like the list of pro fishermen on the tour. The and list it's of just Terry's. The okay. biggest Terry fest oh you've ever God. seen. Yeah, it seems like so much fun until you piss them off. Oh my! Until you put lead weights in your fish. Can you imagine and just then, like what are you in for? I put heavy balls in my bass. Excuse me? In my my bass. It's like, holy Cheating crap. Cheating at fishing. Cheating at That's fishing, okay? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. We mentioned it in the news this morning, but have you followed any of this about the protests in Iran, Shauna? Yeah, a little bit. That have since spread to other countries. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't familiar, they, they were set off by the death of an Iranian woman named Masa Amini. And she died in police custody. She had been arrested by Iran's morality police, what they called them there, for not wearing her hijab properly. She was wearing it, but not properly. And yeah. she was arrested. And then I don't know what happened in custody, but she died. Yes. Um, 
And this is like... So these protests have kicked off about the laws in Iran and about veiling in, in general. And I think it's uncomfortable for a lot of people because, you know, some people are just are too polite to criticize religion, right? Mm-hmm. But I think in this instance, it's absolutely worth criticism. Yeah. Like, over the years, I've listened to quite a few people speak on the topic of veiling in Islam. And, I mean, it's sad that it took the death of this woman for people to wake up to the reality of this practice, you know? Because... Yeah. If it, I, I believe if, if a woman wants to wear a veil, if she wants to wear a head covering of sort, and, and that decision is made without pressure or threats, she should be free to do so. And there are women who do want to wear it. There are. Uh, like on their own without any religion or any other reasons. Particularly and in, that, in, like in this country, yeah. you know? But I think the problem is that for many and perhaps even most women around the world who are veiled, it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's, it's illegal in the country that they're in. Or maybe not even illegal, but like the consequences of choosing not to wear it are so severe that it isn't really a choice. Well, in this case, she was wearing it just incorrectly according yeah. to the police. Like that is, yeah. Iran is next level. Yes. Right. But I mean, even it happens in this country too. I think there are people who would be veiled and were they to take it off would risk being ostracized from their family and their friends and their religion. So at that point, it's not really a choice, is it? No. And I mean, you have to remember what the purpose of the veil is, right? It's to it's to to hide women from the eyes of men, right? Mm-hmm. It's so. It's I was modesty. listening. I was oh, listening cool. to this interview with a woman named Miriam Namazi, and she was born in Iran, and she's been very critical of this. And you know, she said this is like this isn't just an Iranian problem. This is kind of everyone's fight because I mean, if you have any concerns about religious conservatism and what the religious right are doing in the United States in terms of laws that control women's bodies or what they might do here like this this is that times a hundred right Mm -hmm. so and I think it's also why these women who are standing up to the authorities and to their religion are such badasses that would take a remarkable amount of courage you are going to be tossed in jail if not worse like that is what is going to happen in so many countries if you do stand up against this which is crazy I would also think right now that other you know other regimes other people who use the head covering to control women are probably watching these protests fairly nervously right now. I hope so. Because it seems like, like I said, it seems like people are sort of waking up to the practice. B and S in 20 minutes or less. So Patrick sent us a voice memo with another type of snob, and rather than me describing, I figured I'd just let him. I got another snobs idea for you. Airport snobs. And I heard it (laughs) when I was in Thailand, Uh, you know, the typical stuff, right? In the check-in process. And one of the things that one of my colleagues said was, oh, they should have separate lineups for those who have done this before and those who haven't. And things would go smoother. And then there's the security lineup of the, oh, she's, of course, that lady there with her liquids in her purse and blah, 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 blah. I mean, so haha, typical, like, look at us professionals. We don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought... That is some real snobbery right there. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Airport snobs, if you want it. There you go. There you go. Airport security snobs. A- airport. That's a very real one. It is super real. Yeah. And I have to be honest, I may even 
dip my toe in that the odd time. It all comes down to how often you fly. Yeah. If you fly a lot, you're probably an airport security snob. Well, and if you actually, don't fly very often, yes. you're not familiar with the process. And we've discussed you know. how, actually in the past, how I've said I sympathize with people who maybe have never done that before because you are expected to know how to do it. And the people aren't very helpful in security. So if you no. don't understand what to do with your bags and stuff, then it's kind of just like, oh, well. <laughs> And how do you know if you've never flown? You wouldn't know. I fly once a year, yeah. so I'm not super familiar with it. Usually have kids with me when I do fly. Yep. Security is, is, is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But It's awful. And then you got like the, the business got the traveler, snobbers, the, the wanderlusts kind yes. of rolling their eyes at you. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do this often. Yeah, deal it's with it. It's a privilege to be an airport security snob. It is, yeah. Oh, I travel so often I don't even purchase liquids over 100 milliliters. I even hydrate 100 mils a time. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't even take out your laptop? What is this amateur hour? (laughs) Yes, well, I have Nexus, TSA pre-check, and clear. I've been thoroughly (laughs) pre-screened. Excuse me, that is 102.587 milliliters of liquid. I can tell just by looking. How do you not know? Oh, you didn't void your bowels in anticipation of a bum checking? (laughs) Rookie move. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry you tried to smuggle that in your bag. Only a seasoned traveler would know it needs to be in your news. VNS in 20 minutes or less. This is pretty cool. Uh, the podcast once again has a sponsor. Yes. Shane Holmes is our new partner on the BNS in 20 Minutes Less podcast. They also sponsor our show on the air on X929. Which is amazing. Thank you so much. We'll have some copy to read and stuff in the uh, in the podcasts to come, but we had a meeting with them last week and uh, met some of the people from their marketing department. They're awesome. Just lovely. Yeah. Lovely yeah, like people. every single person who works there is just awesome. It's crazy. It's just I love when you like meet people and it's just such a good culture like that in a company. You're like, this company is somebody that I would give my money to. Yeah, it seemed like a, like a pretty good place to work. Totally. Very family-oriented company, like 100%. built from the ground up sort yeah. of thing. Very cool. Uh, so we're excited to be partnered with them. Uh, what have you been listening to lately, Shauna? Well, this is really funny, but um, I kind of rediscovered an old song and I've been listening to it again. But uh, this song by Young the Giant, In My Home, I don't know if you remember it, but it's back from 2014. And it came through my playlist. I kind of put things on shuffle. And I was like, yeah, I love this song. So I don't think I've ever heard that one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I don't, I actually forgot about it. I love when that happens and you rediscover songs that you used to love too. You're like, oh my God, right. Didn't one of our friends plunk the bass player from Young the Giant? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> it's, uh, every time I hear them, I get a reminder of yeah, that. Actually. important detail. It's very important. I'm going to change things up and go with the only kind of music I've been listening to at all, which is folk country. Oh, yeah. This is Shane Smith and the Saints. Oil 
I just love and I love the lyrical content of that song because I have lived in some oil towns myself. So yeah. kind of and the harmonica. Oh, yeah, good you stuff. Just, little harmonica. I was actually thinking I might learn how to play the harmonica. I don't think it's like super difficult to learn how to play it a little bit. I think it's difficult to get very good at. Yes, but it's, no, it's a very easily pick upable instrument. Uh, which for our band, I was thinking it's sometimes fun to like add little enhancements here and there. So I was like, I might. That would be cool, especially for songs where it's like the harmonica fits better than. The violin, yeah, for instance. Totally. Or you could play both. Mm-hmm. Get one of them Neil Young neck things. I would want play. I would yeah. want to do that so bad. <laughs> Fiddle cool. and harmonica, yeah. V and S in twenty minutes or less. On the weekend, it was so nice, my boys were out on the trampoline. Uh, we got this trampoline. it's an older trampoline. It was actually a, a friend of the show who said, like, my kids aren't using this anymore. You can have it if you want and come it's get amazing. it. So yeah. I did, and it's been great to us. Um and Bo and Brigham were on the trampoline jumping and Bo was trying to double bounce Brigham. As you do. Yeah, and I was like I was watching and he didn't quite have the timing down. And I was like, okay, let me get on there and show you boys how this is done. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I know this is going to end. Badly. I know how to double bounce someone. Well, this is how you got to do it. So I'll show you. So I get up there, climb my big ass into the trampoline through the netting, and I go to double bounce bow. And I just hear, brap! Yep. And the whole mat tears on, on the one side. <laughs> and, the, and the springs, it's one of the springless ones, and those things like spring out. And the boys look at me and they instantly start wailing. Ah, yep. you, you killed the trampoline. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Brigham came over and hit me. I mean, you didn't. You got to expect that that's going to happen at some point, right? Well, I've been on it before and I didn't wreck it. Yeah. But- Anytime there's a big man on a trampoline, it's, it never ends well. Like my cousin, I remember when he used to go bouncing on our trampoline and he'd be... He'd be touching the ground. Like when you, yeah. we'd actually bend down to watch it as children because we're like, oh, how close is he going to go to the ground? It's damn close. Yeah. You almost have to put the trampoline up on blocks. Yeah. Just I mean, the sound, the, the sound of it ripping. Brap! And as and it gets the older. Cries. Yeah. Ah! Oh, that's too bad. So now I got to go get a new trampoline mat, wow. which I think is about 300 bucks. But that's not too bad. Not too bad. And I've had my fun on there. But yeah, keep your ass off it next time. <laughs> keep okay? your big ass off the trampoline, mm-hmm. Dad. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I almost feel like North American blockbusters are done, Beckler. Like with the advent of streaming services that are pumping out these shows and movies that way, like I feel like big movie theater box office movies are just no more. And the thing that got me thinking about this, did you see that Avatar has been re-released in theaters? Yes. So the same Avatar that was in theaters, I don't know, 10, however many years ago that was, they they just re-released. So I'm like, we've gone from remakes to remakes with, you know, let's say female characters or different cultural characters yeah. to full out just re-releasing the same movie that was in theaters 10 years ago for those who didn't see it the first time around. I think that one is in anticipation of Avatar 2 coming out, right? Uh, so they're trying to okay. get a little more money out of the first one, which is the highest grossing film ever. Yes. Before they release this new one, which may also become the highest grossing film ever. Yeah. I mean, and I just haven't seen that happen before with all the other big blockbusters. <laughs> it's just trying to drum up some interest, I guess, in some ways. But like even with TV shows, I feel like it's the same way. Like how many more seasons of Survivor are we going to get? You yeah. know, before you got to switch it up. It like, must be cheap to make and they still have enough of an audience that they can justify it. Right? I suppose so. But you and I were chatting about how it's interesting because when it comes to series and new stuff that comes out now, 
anything that's kind of not from North America is what's piquing our interest. Definitely. Yeah. Like I mean, Squid Game. Squid Game is obviously is the, big the most one. obvious one. Yeah. But even like, what year was it that that Korean film Parasite came out? And right. I think, did it win an Oscar? I don't remember, but it was a, it was a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. It's just because like, it's different. Yeah. You know, it's a different different way of filmmaking. It's a different... It, it feels like you haven't met these characters before. You haven't seen these filming locations before. Even, like, the cultural differences that you can see in those yeah. shows, I find really fascinating. And it, honestly, I think when it comes to North American stuff, it's, we've seen it all. Like, we're really running out of ideas because they honestly are just mainly doing remakes now. Whereas these other shows have different things that are going on conceptually, but also culturally, which are so cool for us to be able to see. Completely agree. We're watching this series on Netflix. Maybe you've seen it right now. It's called Trapped. It's an Icelandic police show. Oh. And it's it's a, it's like, it's a police show, yep. right? But it's set in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And that alone makes it different. The characters speak differently. Yes. The relationships are different than, you know, the archetypes that we're used to seeing here. And it's more interesting for that reason. Just even seeing the way people live in the houses yeah. and how that stuff differs from place to place. The only thing is the numbers don't really support your theory, Shauna. Like, if you look at the highest grossing films of all time, and I'm I'm looking at the top 25 list here and like most of them are from the last five or ten years oh interesting like the, i mean with inflation it, but it's like it's almost like a studio will will produce like one massive blockbuster right and then and then the all other the movies remakes. don't get yeah the other movies don't get made the interesting and unique movies like i always think about like the early to mid 90s in my opinion were like the golden age of unique movies mm-hmm. like some of the just stories that hadn't been told before now it's just like which superhero blockbuster is yeah. going to be the billion dollar film of the you know of the year? Yeah, and it's just like if you, you look can almost at the predict list, it yourself. You yeah. can write the movie yourself, but you're still going to go see it. I guess it's not that you won't. It's just that it's so predictable. It mm-hmm. seems now into yeah. what's coming next. Super, like, and the story it feels like you've seen the story yeah. over and over again, but it's still working. Like they're still making so much money, and like Avatar is at two point nine billion right now. I'm sure this re-release will push it over three billion, mm-hmm. and then they're probably hoping Avatar two. Sets the new benchmark. Right. And that's... Oh, yeah, Good. good. And then Avatar 3 after that. And then the remake of Avatar (laughs) with the different reverses of sexes. And then we're good. Yeah. B and S in 20 minutes or less. I have another TV trope for you, Shauna. Oh, good. And I think this might be our first ever documentary trope. Oh. Talked a lot about TV and movie tropes. I don't think we've ever done one from... The world of documentaries. No. So there's this new documentary on Netflix about Nolan Ryan, the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Really good if you're a baseball fan. I think even if you're not, but like, I, like I knew he was, I knew he was kind of incredible in terms of like his longevity and like how deep into a game he could go, how many pitches he could throw. But I didn't know the whole story behind him, and I, I really enjoyed it. But it did this thing that many documentaries do at the beginning or when they're introducing a new person who's going to be interviewed for the documentary where they'll actually show the person like sitting down in the chair like the, it'll be like a shot of an empty chair and then the person comes and sits down right sometimes they'll even show like you know a producer putting a microphone on them or something yeah and then there's a little bit of like pre-interview banter that they include right they're like oh do you want me to look at this camera or this one and then yeah my name's so and so and this is how i'm related to the story and it's it's interesting that so many documentaries do that that is odd. I wonder if it's just to say, like, look, this is this is candid. You know what I mean? Like, to kind of prove that it's a documentary rather than this is fully scripted. You know, it's kind of just a way to show that visually and be like, look, this is a real person that we are, in fact, interviewing because, you know, so much is so polished. I wonder if that's why. It's almost just Interesting. like the... Hey, Loosens it up a little? Yeah, like, like, hey, reminder, this is a documentary versus this is something that's, you know, 
per- perfectly edited. And George W. Bush was featured in this documentary, and he comes and and you know does the thing where he sits down in the chair, and there's a little bit of like pre-interview banter before they actually start talking about yeah. Nolan Ryan. Um, and I was like, I'm sure the first time it was done, it was kind of like, oh, this is you know unique and interesting. But it seems like every documentary does it now. Yeah. But you're right. There must be a reason. There must. It's a stylistic choice. Totally. It's probably honestly just an indicator. And as you know, like people are obsessed with the behind the scenes stuff that goes mm-hmm. on. So this is just a little preview of that too, right? Like this is this ooh, person this is, when the camera wasn't rolling. Yeah. This apparently. is what happens before. Ooh. 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 V and S in twenty minutes or less. Etymology with Shauna. So Sheila emailed us asking where in cahoots came from. The term in cahoots. In cahoots is a weird one. It's a super weird one. Uh, And it kind of means, for those who don't know, like to enter into a a partnership or to work together, right? That's what in cahoots really means. Yeah. So it looks like it's a little bit unclear, but the overwhelming kind of consensus as to where this came from is from the French word cahoot, which is C-A-H-U-T-E, but it means cabin or hut. So the idea is that you're kind of holed away in a cabin with somebody. So you're working closely together, almost in secret, in this little cabin off in the woods together. You're, That's the visual. You're shacked up and you're plotting. You're shacked and you're, up and you're plotting and maybe plunking too. I mean, whatever <laughs> happens in the close quarters of a cabin. But that's the idea of where it came from, is in cahoots, in the cabin. Uh, same as how we say in the same boat, right? We were like... Uh. We talk about how yeah yeah we're you're in the yeah. same boat as me uh, same idea of you in a same boat together a very small little vessel where you have to for you're kind of forced to work together same with in a tiny cabin in the woods it seems like a like there's a great distance between being in a cabin with someone and then like plotting you yeah know? But, but the visual is there and that's just it is that when you're in such close quarters with this people you're forced to work together with them essentially. True. And, and I guess given enough time, we've seen how these terms can kind of yep. evolve and yep. come to mean different things. Yeah. And same as like even in the same boat, when we say that meaning, oh, you're kind of like agreeing with me. Well, being in the same boat doesn't necessarily mean that you'd be working together, but because you're in such close quarters, it's kind of like the idea of you're you're forced to. You're forced to kind of work together. Dealing with the same situation. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Etymology with Shauna. VNS in 20 minutes or less. So Justin, who hosts our midday show, has an arch nemesis named Jimmy Hates World. Yes. Every day, Jimmy will send an insult to Justin. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. They're back is, and forth. Yeah. But he, he said, Jimmy sent me a message on the weekend. He said, I had to share this story with you, but it might be too anger instilling. My parents just got back from a group tour in Europe, and one of the other couples were from North Vancouver. They were literally bragging to the other people on this tour that they paid $40,000 to get an arborist to fraudulently declare a healthy 100-year-old tree diseased so they could have it removed because it was ruining their view. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say, but your Vancouver Soft segment came to mind. So this couple has this tree blocking their view in North Vancouver. Mm-hmm. They pay $40,000 for an arborist to come out and say this tree is unhealthy. It's got to go. The tree was fine. It's 100 years old. And down it goes. And this couple is bragging about that to other people. On I the wouldn't tour. be bragging about that. No. If... Do you know what would happen if other Vancouverites found out about that? <laughs> Ooh, like, it wouldn't be you safe. Would, you'd have to change your name and move, you'd probably. Be, you'd right? be chased out of Vancouver. <laughs> like Physically chased? Is it physically chased? They would do yoga protests. 
in front of your house, okay? They would protest <laughs> in yoga in anger. Like they chase you barefoot right out there. We're talking about the people who protest about old growth forests all the time, like every day. Yeah. Be- Oh, People chain themselves man. to the trees, and you're you're doing this, and then bragging about it when you live in Vancouver. <laughs> they would be furious. But I said, be lit in fire. I said to Jimmy, I think that it's also evidence that like Vancouver is driven by money over environment as much as anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? It's true. It's, they just like to pretend otherwise, but that's kind of how it is everywhere. If, if the price is right, yeah, the environment will come second. The tree huggers, though, holy crap, they would be mad about that. 40000 bucks to remove one tree. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane. Mm-hmm. That is insane. I mean, money will buy you anything. It's true. But sure will, even in Vancouver. Yeah. I'm, I mean, how do you even go about finding an arborist there who would do that? You're as likely to be exposed. Right? Yeah. If you start asking about that. Totally. <laughs> and then again, the yoga protesters are coming storming with their mats, okay? You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.